if Christianity is only I got to believe a certain list of rules and then I got to do all these do's and don'ts, who wants that? A relationship is something that's growing, it's something that's, that's vibrant, and it's something that um, it looks new every day. It's that word legalism versus mm -hmm. relationship. And, and legalism says, okay, I got to be in church every single week. And I've got to make sure that I'm doing this, and I got to make sure that I look right when I'm doing it. And because I'm, and if you listen to that, it's a performance, and that's not what God's interested in. He's not interested in a performance. He's interested in a in a heart that is passionate for Him. You know, we had the almost an entire episode about pride and how to handle compliments, even, and, and mm -hmm. when people give. Gabe showed me he's got it nailed. I gave him the longest I'm proud of you speech I could think of. I got done. You know what he said? Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> that was it. Appreciate it. I said it means that no matter what happens, God's always first and, and his glory always comes first. That means you go out here and you play as hard as you can in this Good game way. today. And, you know, blah, blah, blah. However, however how the game goes, God's still God and he still right. doesn't take away any of those things. And, and then that we don't care. No, I care. It's just that, and I think I think one of the things that God's always going to be concerned about is how, how did you react to it? At the end of the game, we kind of passed by each other on the sideline, and it was over. You know, yeah. it was three minutes left, running clock, and these are probably the first words we said to each other. I looked at him and I said, "Well, we tried, bud." Tough and one. He said, "Yep," and that was it. Yep. But neither of us reacted. And I've never cared so much about something and then not cared that much yeah. at the end of it. But the way I thought about trying to describe it is that <laughs> there's a difference between feeling disappointment and sadness. I was disappointed, but I wasn't sad. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if that's necessarily the exact right combination of nope, words. But I, I think, think that's, that's a good way close. to put it. There's that peace again. Mm -hmm. That, yeah, I'm disappointed, but I'm not so saddened that, I got, you know, that I'm not going to be able to function tomorrow. I think it's also one of, I know the sun's going to rise tomorrow. And I know that God's mercies are new every day. And I know that, you know, it, it, there's just that uh, that inner peace that when you have a, that peace with God, meaning that my sins are forgiven, that I've been reconciled with him, yeah, that, that peace with God creates the peace of God. That even, even if. If that's my bad days and I'm having pretty good days. You know what I mean? And, and that's. And it's one of those things that when I talked talk to Gabe after, I said, there was literally nothing you could have done differently. Nothing. That's right. Not a single thing. But that is life a lot of times. Yep. You do something exactly the you go way out there and you do the best you can. And sometimes you chase these rabbit holes. You don't know where, they, where they're going to go. And what you end up finding out of is it was not what you thought, but it was 10 times better and much more meaningful than what you were thinking. Mm -hmm. But that's just kind of uh, – I think of, there's a line in a song that I like uh, – says, the days I keep my gratitude higher than my expectations, I have really good days. <laughs> and I think that's maybe a good, yeah, like that. it, it's not a Christian song, but it's a, it's a, I think that's a good. good line. I think if the days I can be more grateful for the things I got than mad about the things that I expected and didn't get. It, and that's not a Christian song. It's not. <laughs> so uh, I mean, I think be. that's pretty good. I think that could be. I'd so, say what, we could do an episode on Ray Wiley Hubbard, and I would love to know your take on not just it, His philosophy. I'd said this a lot during COVID. I said, and I, again, I like to pick on us, but I said, you know what? Southern Baptists might finally be right. They've been calling for the end of time since my since I was born. Right. I'm not sure they're not right now because yeah. this is some crazy stuff. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Oh, it's, yeah. But not even well, I knew when I stood in line at the Dollar General for toilet paper, I said, something yeah. ain't right here, man. This is a crazy, <laughs> crazy world. Just like an unguarded strength can become a double weakness, weaknesses can become strengths when you, you let guard when you let God guard them. And I've tried, I've noticed a couple of times, to say, well, define it for me. Yeah, Give me one, yeah. two, and three. You don't ever take that bait, really. Right. So it's, it's like, all right, well, the Baptists especially, but I think all religions yeah. have their own ways of saying, you do this, 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 and this, and this, you go to hell. Right. And right. a lot of times it's overly exaggerating, probably, the, right. that. And I, I don't know. Let's, well, let me pause first. May, answer may, there maybe, I can, maybe I can do it this way. I, I, you know, I, I look at salvation. Let's just, that's salvation being It's a process to me. Uh, and what do I mean by that is you look at the scriptures and it says, for by grace through faith, you, you've been saved. Well, that's have been saved. Uh, you go to another passage and it talks, you will be saved. Uh, and so it, to me, there is a process that we are working out our salvation. Yes, salvation is through Jesus Christ, believing in him. But, but now what happens is there's a relationship there to where now we are working that out. And again, I'm not working for my salvation. 
Believe me, I've already, the, the salvation is, is, is purchased by Christ and Christ alone. That's it. That's the only thing I have. I can't be baptized. I can't say enough good, good things or enough Hail Marys that it's going to get my salvation. That's through Christ. But, but the Bible paints this picture of uh, what it calls sanctification, becoming more like Christ. And that is as we grow. And that's where things in our life that, okay, used to be there, maybe habits or attitudes or, hey, look, I'll be the first to say this, man. I used to love to go to the golf course and, I, you know, I'd play five cent a stroke, you know. <laughs> and the reason I played for that little amount of money is I can't afford to lose because I know I'm going to lose. Yeah. But I enjoyed it because it made me competitive. Well, the Lord, the Lord just showed me one day, man, Ben, if you're going, you're going to gamble for a nickel, you might as well gamble for, you know, what's the difference? And, and that was just the Lord working with me. And so where people are in that process of sanctification is, yeah, it might be something he's working on today. That, that doesn't mean, okay, you do X and, man, you are out, off the team. That grace is so important that, one, we're saved by it, but then it's as that grace comes into our life and it's that grace that day by day we're not only saved by it but we grow by it or we're sanctified or become more like Christ by it and then ultimately there will be that day that I will be saved when okay this struggle on earth I won't have to you know is done I'll be glorified I will be like him is what first uh, John tells us so it is that process of becoming more like Christ. So I don't know that, uh, and I think the thing of it is, we're all in this process. And so where I am might not be where you are. Struggles you have, I may not have. Struggles I have, you may not have. And, and I think that's the beauty of, of, of God being the father, of looking at his different children and understanding we're different. I've got three kids. I can tell you, all three are unique in their own way, in their own style. This is interesting to me. One of the topics that I had at one point was we could spend probably an episode going over cliches that we use in church. That maybe <laughs> yeah, I wish we would. And, That'd be and great. somebody uh, brought up to me at one point, that, and I thought that I was the only one that felt this way, I guess, but that phrase, you know, got saved. That's a right. yeah. I thought that one must have been popular everywhere. Apparently, that's only popular at Baptist. That's a Baptist, that's a Baptist thing, thing, yeah, for the most part. I'll be honest with you. I'm not comfortable with the cliches. If you ever hear me say things like, <laughs> I've, I've noticed on the show, and these aren't even things that I do on purpose. I just we notice just listening back to the show. You like to say, walk with the Lord. I say, chase God. Kind right. of the same thing. But walk with the Lord is probably a little bit more. I, I'm trying to find a different way of saying everything. No, yeah, that's, I get that's that. That's nobody understands me is I try to invent a new way to say everything that I need to say. And, and I think it's one of oftentimes what, what I, and again, I don't think it's a bad thing. One of the things that I like to, to try to do is, okay, what does the scriptures call it? Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I think it's a, I think it's refreshing at times to say, all right, yeah, a pursuing of God uh, or a walk with God, because it does talk about our walk. But I think, right. yeah, I think and those I say, are, I love that. And I use the fresh ways well. of putting it. I think, I think if I get to a point where I start to hear myself constantly say chasing God, chasing God, then mm -hmm. I'll try to change it up again. Yeah, I, right. I, like to, I don't like to say the same things over and over. And I'm, Being saved is the crowning jewel moment of, of Baptist. That's it. You are or you're not. That's the day you accept Christ. You usually get baptized. And then right. that's the are you saved or are you not. It's called easy believism. Uh, it's what, what I've, I've heard it referred to is, uh, okay, I just believe and I'm in. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know. I think it's one of, I always go back to, we're, we're dealing with the heart and the mind of God. So I'm going I'm to leave that to him. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to tell you what the scriptures teach and kind of go with that. Um, I, I still go back to, I was spiritually dead and made spiritually alive. There has to be a, I just, I just for the life of me, I can't see how I can go from that to that and not be remarkably different. Mm -hmm. And so to me, I think it goes back to, yeah, I don't think it's just, well, I mean, because the Bible says the demons believe and they tremble. So that's not a big belief. It's not just a belief. Mm -hmm. I believe it is, uh, as Jesus says, take up your cross and follow me. I, I think it is something that, okay, I've died to self. My old, my, my way, my will, my, my agenda has been crucified but now it's about Christ's will, Christ's agenda, and Christ's life now in me. And, and that's where I'm coming from. Of That's what I believe salvation is all about. It's when you, but you truly take on that, uh, what it means to be a disciple, when you truly take on what it means to take up his cross and follow him.
If mm. God's truly in your heart, how can it not change you? I'm sorry, right. not save, change. Yeah. Well, and I, you've heard me preach it before. If it hasn't changed you, it, it hasn't, hasn't saved, saved you. you. That's right. Yeah, that's what I, one yeah. of my beliefs. For most people, I think, that's, it's a binary thing for us because the consequence at the end of the road is so polarizing. Okay? Right. We yeah. want to know, are we in or are we out? All right? <laughs> yeah. Now, once I'm in, yes, I understand I need to chase more. And I need right. to be, because, you know, it, once I'm in and I accept that salvation and it truly is in my heart and I appreciate how much grace and humil- and all that, then, yes, I'm going to start right. to do those other things. But step one is, am I in or am I out? That's right. <laughs> what so most people right. are, are worried about. Is it, I mean, I don't know. This is a weird one for me, and I, 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 I have no idea what the answer is, but do you think it... Can a person not know if, I mean, I, if you don't well, know, let me you ask don't you this. Let me ask you this. Can a person know? I guess that would be the best way to ask it is, can a person know? Because if, you, if, you, if, if the answer is no to that, then, then the answer is yes to the other. So can a person know, yeah, I, I know I'm in the family. Me personally, I think there is. And I believe the, the best place to go for that would be the book of First John. First uh, John, he basically writes saying, "These things I've written that you may know that that He is the Christ, and that you, you know, by believing in Him." And so you can go to the Book of John too. But First John really puts it into practice because First John says some things that are very convicting, such as uh, anyone who says he loves God yet hates his brother, he's a liar, and the truth's not in him. Okay, so, so there's a test. There, there are several tests in the book of 1 John that you can look at. Now, again, do we always do those perfectly? No, but at the same time, there should be that, that love for others, that, that, that care for others. There are several, like I said, go through the book of 1 John, you'll see all throughout there that uh, there are tests that you can know. Okay, I, I'm in, or I know Christ, and... I remember when I was younger, I had doubts. God, if I'm, am I truly in? And I remember thinking, I better pray the prayer of salvation again just to make sure. As a kid, now nine years old, worried to death about, you know, I don't, I don't want to miss heaven. And so, therefore, I want to make sure. And I wish somebody would have just said, okay, let's, let's examine this. Let's look at the book of 1 John. And, you know, do, are these evidence in your life? And I, there, there are plenty there that you can look and say, okay. Yeah, now now I have that that assurance. Yeah, we use the tier of what I I think is nice and what I think is right and what I think my standard. Then yeah, a lot more a lot more people may get in. But God's got a different standard, and I think it's one of we need to need to very be very careful about the term fair and the term okay. Well, they they're nice, they're good people. Well, the Bible says there's none good. Well, and that kind of starts to get on another topic that we had texted about or, you know, in the week that we might get into, and I don't, I don't know that we might get into that one next week on the part A and part because B I, because yeah, because I know the I know my answer and the person who asked me that I told him well I know the I know what Ben's going to say right before Uh-oh. and I and I relayed right. that but we may get into that at some point. It's so much in a competition of I'm here and you're there, I'm this and you're that that we completely miss the the, the boat that we are eight billion people in a huge mess microscopically significant to God and his plan and his wisdom and all this stuff. And we should be doing everything that we possibly can to help each other find God, not get into, it's not about who the better person is. All of us are terrible in that. Yeah. Yeah. We all need to be working together to, to show more of those qualities so the world can see it's still there. And yeah, maybe, and maybe even not selfishly worry so much about our own salvation and worry more about just how do we help people see more of what we're, trying to get out there and then you you'll you, you, you can't you'll run into your salvation in the process maybe <laughs> yeah, I don't know. And, and maybe what, what maybe one of the things we need to think about is this and I love what uh, one of my um, evangelism professors and several other people have said this is is basically evangelism sharing the gospel is one beggar trying to help another beggar <laughs> telling them where to find bread yep Rather than worrying about uh, all the all that I'm right in, or basically what separates us, maybe we need to look at what is it that brings us together. And truth be known, we're all created in the image of God. And truth be known, we're all sinners, and we're all in need of salvation. So let's start there, and then let's let's work on. But but again, I think it goes back to having that love of Christ in your heart and the love for people. That's going to make a difference, which. Kind of brings up that topic you had on the other of, okay, so how do I do the golden rule? Yep. Because that's in the scriptures. Yep. Well, the golden rule is one. Do unto mm-hmm. others as you would have done unto you. It's Matthew 7. That's the words of Jesus. 
And so I, I think it goes to how, how do we go about loving others or doing unto others as we would have done unto us. And I think, man, that, that might be a good place to start because it's simple. It's one that we all know. We've said it since first grade or kindergarten. Mm-hmm. So, so what does that mean? Sometimes I don't want to be, the way I would want to be treated isn't the way that person's going to want to be treated. Right, right. And then you kind of, but, but at the same time, I, I felt bad. I, I said in my text, I don't want to challenge Jesus' words because these were in red. <laughs> yeah, I know not yeah, to challenge them. Yeah. But might he, he have that? maybe meant that we should treat him the way he would treat them. And right. you said, well, maybe, maybe take a step back at a higher level. And it's like, no, you want to put their needs in their best interest right. first, maybe. And that is maybe the level that is different. Maybe not being yeah. how, how you put my needs first might be different than how I would put yours first. Right. You might have different ways you would prefer to be treated but yeah. the the idea is the general thought of being selfless and, and putting other people before right. you and the way i've always uh kind of interpreted that verse is this as much as i hate to be broken down on i-40 as much as i'd hate for that to be me that that's how i should if i see somebody broken down maybe i should help out yeah. as much as i Put hate you know putting myself in that place man i would i would feel bad if it, that was me and so if i i would feel bad then maybe go and say listen i i know that was and and they may not feel the same way, but yeah. at least you're showing that, hey, I yeah. care for you. Yeah. And I think therein lies what, what God's looking for in there is that we are showing compassion, empathy, and, and sympathy, and then love to those who, you know, may, may be struggling. And sometimes it may not even be a, a hurt or a struggle, but, man, I, I, I want to love others as, as just as much as I would want somebody to every now and then just say, hey, man, I, I appreciate that job you did. Yeah. That's a thankless job that nobody noticed. What difference does it make versus, you know, if you were at church versus me versus this? It, That's right. Compared to him. Yeah, we, we all fall short. Very we we short. are a couple of peewee teams arguing right. over which is who's going to win the Super Bowl that's it. when you're not even close. Yeah, I mean, you're not even in the same league. That's right. And uh, and I think that's a great way to look at it because uh, that, 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 that's a perfect way to look at it because his standard is perfection. Yeah. And as much as we want fairness, because listen, there's some sweet old ladies out there and they're just as nice and they make some of the best pies. And but at the same time, they they don't know Christ. And you know, Jesus said, uh, "I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me." And so, if they don't have Christ in their life, or they've not accepted that free gift of salvation, as much as I hate it, then yeah, they're still lost. And man, that's it breaks my heart because ah, you hate it. But at the same time, if it's based on someone's goodness then why on earth did Christ have to die? Well, none of us want fair. Yeah. That's the yeah. thing. Well, that's it. If you get fair, you fair for us is Christ call, didn't die. If you want to call the fair, if you want to call foul on that, it's not fair, Never that's not fair. Okay, yeah. fine. Then yeah. let's just give everybody I, I, what's I fair. I hate that term <laughs> because I know I, I wanted to use it. And yeah. then I'll begin to think about, whoa, if, yeah. I want, if fair, Christ died unjustly, that's not fair. Yeah. Uh, you know, Christ died for the wretched sinner like me. That's not fair, but I sure am glad. So I don't want to play by fairness. No. Let's throw that out. Yeah. Let's throw that out. Everybody tends to think uh, God would be a Republican or a Democrat. <laughs> like, Ugh, I don't think he'd want anything to do with either one of those two parties. Uh, no offense to Yeah, Yeah, offense. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, there are going to be times in our walk with the Lord where he's quiet. And uh, he may not be uh, front and center. Or he may not be letting you know every step of the way. And, and when that happens, what, what you have to do is hold on to the last thing he told you and be faithful to it. Even if it requires a long time or maybe it's uh, you look around and you're questioning, did I really hear? Uh, is this exactly? But you go back to where he told you or last time you remember, okay, Lord, this is where you led me and I didn't miss you. So I'm going to stay right here. And I'm, I'm, and I'm going to be practicing what the Bible calls waiting on the Lord. And that is, okay, Lord, you're going to, this is where you're going to come back to. Uh, you, you've got me here, so I'm just going to be faithful right now. Doesn't mean I just sit around and twiddle my thumbs, but I'm going to be faithful in whatever you put before me, trusting that, okay, wherever you've got me, you're going to pick me up there and you'll continue to lead. Yeah. And so, so know that um, as you continue to mature in our walk with the Lord, I think it's kind of like this. Um, when my kids got to be 16, 17 years old, uh, for, for like my oldest son, I didn't have to, okay, 
here's the rules. You're going to be home at 11. You're going to do this. You're going to do that. And the reason being is because I knew he was responsible. I knew that he was going to be home at a decent time. And if he wasn't going to be home, he he was the kid that would call. Dad, I'm going to be about 20 minutes late. Dad, we got this going on. Uh, he was that kid. And so I didn't have to be as involved in a day-in, day-out basis as maybe as I had to on the baby, <laughs> where the baby was, all right, did you remember to tie your shoes sometimes? Yeah. Uh, but for the older one, and, and I think it's a sign of you're growing in your faith that the Lord doesn't have to hold your hand, so to speak. And it's one of, okay, uh, and, and that's where faith comes in to know, okay, if he's been faithful in the past, he's going to be faithful right here. And yes, not sure exactly what's going to take place, but God, I'm going to trust you, and we're going to continue to do that. So so don't take silence to be, um, it, we can oftentimes take it to be God's mad at us. No, not necessarily. We can take it to be that uh, I'm not sure what I need to do. Well, okay, that's where faith comes in, and that's where you go back to, all right, Lord, I know this is where you told me. I'm going to hold tight, and I'm going to trust that you're, you're going to give an answer soon. Well, I learned something uh, on Sunday morning that I didn't know, and um, but we have, I think, a stereotypical seating chart. Okay? Right. So you got yeah. your centers are in the back row, yeah. and you got yeah. your quiet families are off in the corners, <laughs> and then I think stereotypically the front row is reserved for the self righteous. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Y'all yeah. rearranged it. Didn't tell me. <laughs> So I don't know if we don't have self-righteous, right. so those rows yeah. are left. I, I wish we didn't. I think that they actually moved back to the third row Yeah, because they reserved that for the people that are late. Yeah, yeah. And that way they get to sit there and breathe down my neck the whole the whole sermon. <laughs> so when I say you really spoke to me, Ben, you yeah. did speak to me Sunday because I was sitting six feet from you most of the time. <laughs> and I thought, well. So you did have to sit down front. I, I huh? said something about how we build God in our own self-image rather than the other way around. And right. as it turns out. I sort of play that bossy big brother, smart aleck, always right in your best interest kind of thing, even when I'm not. Mm -hmm. So maybe that's me painting God the way I am. And I thought, well, that's an awfully dangerous thing to do. Probably don't need to, probably to be really careful about that because whatever your personality, right. if you try to paint God in your image, you're going to get some, missed, uh, some mixed yeah. signals from it, well, that, that's <laughs> from correct. what you're hearing. That's correct. And for me, I know uh, growing up, for some reason, uh, God God was a drill sergeant. God was a uh, got to do everything right. You got to perform. You got to make sure uh, that your hair is cut a certain length. You got to make sure that uh, you don't drink, don't chew, don't go out with girls. I mean, there was all kinds of rules, and that to me was God was the cosmic rule maker, and I had to be the rule follower and. As soon as I stepped out of line or disobeyed that rule or didn't do it exactly right, then you know I was I was waiting for the golden combat boot and uh, to come down, and and it, and really what what really changed it for me and um, was I started studying just the life of Jesus and looking at just the Gospels. I, I, I basically said I'm not reading or studying anything but these four books: Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Other than if I've got to do something for Sunday school. Mm -hmm. All right, but it's going to be, I, and I concentrated on what Jesus said, how he reacted, those things that he did. Who, who, what was it that got him upset? Because see, there are times when he it says he was angry, but it's a righteous indignation. There are times when uh, he wept, just like we did. What was it that caused him to weep? What was it that caused him to be, you know, um, the the same emotions that we have and the same things we struggle with? What what was it that he did? And from there is where I begin to rebuild, if you will, uh, my concept of who God is, because it's in Christ that we can see who God is, and, and I begin to see that okay, this is this is the God that. Um, whether it's a John 4 and a woman at the well or a John 8 and a woman uh, caught, in, uh, caught in adultery, but they didn't have the other one with them. Uh, this is the God that the lepers uh, could go to, and he would go to the lepers. And I began to see, okay, maybe he is not the cosmic rule maker getting ready to zap me every time I really drop the ball. No, I saw him more as a, a gracious, loving God. Yeah. And then begin to re-look re at the other scriptures through that lens and understand that, yeah, even in the Old Testament, when you look at it, you, you can still see uh, a loving God, uh, even, even with the wrath and all that that you have to deal with in the Old Testament. He's still a loving God that was working with his people 
to bring about salvation. So it, it really, I mean, you almost, it's almost a rewiring project, if you will. But once you get it, and, and again, I'm not saying I got it right because there are times when I'm thinking, okay, he's like this, but maybe he's, there's, you know, it's always kind of evolving, if you will, but just, just seeking and getting to know him. Uh, you got David, who's a man after God's own heart. And when you read all that he writes about about God, that his faithfulness endures forever, his loving kindness endures from generation to generation. When, when you look at uh, a prophet uh, named Habakkuk, and he says, uh, your mercies are new every morning in Jeremiah, you begin to see that. Okay, this God that everybody says in the Old Testament is nothing but wrath, and granted, I mean, yeah, through when Egypt, Israel's coming out of Egypt and the ten plagues, there's a lot of things there that God was showing his might. But he was also showing that, hey, he is faithful to remember his promise to a man named Abraham that there's going to be a seed through those through that nation. He was bringing that nation out, uh, that he was fulfilling his promises that he's going to be faithful. And so all throughout, if you look at the Old Testament, you're going to see a, a kind and gracious. You're going to see one who is faithful uh, from generation to generation that, yeah, it's not a, a bitter, angry, uh, ready to strike you down, but you, you, you really begin to see, uh, he, and I know it's easy to, to get to that point, but if you really study the scriptures and take a look at how he's described and wh- how he acts with his people, yeah, you'll, you'll get a different picture. Yeah. And I think that's the whole thing is, it's not like God is the God of Old Testament, then he changes in the New Testament and becomes nice. No, he's the same holy God. Yeah. Uh, he, he was working his plan to bring about salvation in the New Testament. In the Old Testament, he was working that plan. And lo and behold, man, he, he brought it forth in Christ. So, yeah, he's the same God, though. And, yeah, what... what People can kind of see there's a it's almost a chicken or the egg scenario, but it's not. And <laughs> yeah. we get it that, that because it's because we get it wrong. That's why we get it so mixed up. One of the ones I gave you yesterday, I said yesterday was from First John four nineteen, I believe. It yeah, was. yeah. Um, yeah. We love because he first loved us. Right. Okay. We get that very backwards. Okay. Or we, I think we execute that very backwards. We right. we always kind of act like it's God's move. It's right. okay. Show me something. Show, show me a yeah, sign. Show me, Put show out me. the fleece. You know uh, that that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, he made his move, and and if I don't know, I sent that text to you yesterday, and then I went back and edited, it and I, I capitalized move because it was the move yeah. of all time. He made yeah. his move. We don't have to see anything else from him. That's right. Um, it's our move right. to to take a step towards him now. You take that step towards him. You'll usually make about take about ten back your way. It's mm-hmm. not all on you. That's right. But you do have to initiate it, and we, sometimes we forget that. So, well, God, show me a sign. No, well, I showed you my sign. Right. You take a step, and then you'll get all the signs you want. Well, and I think it's one of um, <clears throat> you know, no one comes to the Father except the Spirit draws him, and uh, and so even even that first step uh, is is the act of the Spirit drawing them. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think you're exactly right that God's already demonstrated His great love for us. Romans five eight that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. And so we can know beyond a shadow of a doubt, no matter what happens in life, and no matter who you are. God loves you because he sent his son to die. So, yeah, there, there, he's already done the move. You're right. Yeah. But now, all right, now that even that step forward is God working in us. Yeah. Um, and, 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 but you're right. I think it's for us. We always tend to make it of, okay, God, I did my part. Where are you? Yeah. And it's almost, if you listen to that, that almost sounds like a, like a 50 50 proposition. Yeah. And I'm not convinced that from the scriptures, that's, what God's after. I imagine he's not. <laughs> and, um, I mean, to me, when you begin to look at, um, uh, let me think, it was John chapter 12. I did a devotion with some guys this past week of uh, what discipleship looks like. And uh, in John chapter 12, I believe it's yeah, verses 24, 25, 26, it talks about um, uh, you know, taking up your cross. Die, it's a matter of dying. It's a matter of devotion. It's a matter of direction. That's what I said. It's dying to self. It's devotion being that are you going to love him and, n- and nobody else. So, yeah, it's not 50-50. It is, am I, am I his? Am I sold out? I look back at it now and I start to realize I started taking an awful lot of credit for the stuff that was going good and thinking that it was me that was doing some of this stuff. Right. And, you know what, maybe that's a little part of why it kind of went back the other direction the last little bit. Before you can really 
understand to do things that I can do all things through Christ, you have to really accept that I can do nothing without Christ. Uh, there you are. That's the there first. And it's Big again, it's it. chicken or the egg. You got to do one before the other. And people think, well, why isn't that mountain moved? Right. Because you don't realize you couldn't even draw the breath to ask for it without him. When you accept that, okay. now you can do what you want. Nah, what he, nah, what he wants you to getting do. it. Yes, sir. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And I think therein, that's the, that's the big piece of what we're getting at is uh, this other 167 is, is a total dependence upon him mm-hmm. uh, for everything. And uh, recognizing that it's from him that our life that we have was given to us, recognizing from him even the, the strength to be faithful through that other 167 is by his grace and by his spirit. Mm-hmm. So, so we are, we are so dependent upon him for, for everything. And uh, and the sooner we realize that, then then, then we can then we can start practicing Philippians four thirteen. <laughs> where's my car at? Uh, where, where's my million dollars? Uh, we're we're not far from understanding it. Yes, you do this, and this is given back. But you got to get the sequencing right, and yeah. it's, that's the thing that I struggled so much with for a long time is that I knew what I needed to do, right? But it was so hard to really understand what that. Even so, so let's 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 do that. Right. Uh, what what is the sequencing? I, you know, I, for me, I I mean, I I think the first and foremost has to be surrender. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that to me is the key to to your walk. Is the key to everything that you do with the Lord. Is are you willing to surrender and let Him have everything? Well, it's laying down your arms. Well, let's break down surrender and dependence because okay. we said before those two kind of go, they're cousins, I'd say. Yeah. They're closely related. I think, I think they might be the same same coin, just different just sides. Different ways. Yeah, I think that's the way you said it before. It's two different sides of the same coin. Yeah. Surrender is about my will. Right. Is I'm surrendering my will to Lord your to you. Whatever you want me to do, I I am surrendering to you. It is surrendering my agenda. It's surrendering my every, everything that I'm doing. Okay. Yeah. And I think I think dependence is more about uh, your strength uh, or how you go about doing life. Mm-hmm. And so it's easy to say, yeah, I've surrendered that to the Lord, but yet we keep operating in our own. Mm-hmm. On strength, or we we put it on autopilot, so to speak, mm-hmm. and where I think surrender says, okay, first and foremost, we got to start with that that attitude, that mentality that I, I'm the Lord's and I'm giving it all to Him. Mm-hmm. Okay, now then, then that next part is as far as uh, dependence. Now comes okay. Now how does that work itself out? Mm-hmm. All right, now because I've surrendered that, all right, Lord, I'm I'm not taking this I'm not taking this out of Your hand. So, Lord, I know you're going to take care of that. And, and that's where you start to find, to me at least, it took a little ex- experience and practice to uh-huh. start to, to get this. But after you do it for a while, you start to realize that surrender and dependence, it's not the cost of following. Okay, it, it may be the cost of following Jesus. Right. But it's also the blessing that comes with following Jesus because that is where the worry goes and the stress and all that kind of stuff goes. When he says, lay your troubles onto me, that's what. That's why. Yeah. It's so that they're not yours anymore. That's right. You can have that peace that we've kind of talked about. And, and, and isn't it just like the human in us that uh, <laughs> we're, we are more concerned about what we're going to lose, what's going to cost us, what, what, what is it that God wants to take away from us? I mean, if you go to Genesis three, I mean, when the uh, when when the serpent comes to Eve, I mean, that the the first thing he does is he wants to cast doubt on God's word, and then he wants to cast doubt on who God is. Mm-hmm. Did God really say that? God didn't mean that. He 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 knows that the day you eat that, you're going to be as wise as him. Uh, so so one, he he begins questioning. Okay, God God's not telling you the truth. He's he's lying to you. He he begins to question that. Okay, God's trying to hold you back because he don't want. He's jealous of you. And, and the enemy plays that with with Eve and begins to plant those seeds because that is so human of us to to question God or not to trust Him because we 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 in ourselves are thinking, mm, can I really trust Him? And, and case in point, and this, oh, well, what's it going to cost me? Because mm-hmm. God wants to take away everything. I think God wants you to experience his best, his joy, his peace, his, his the fruit of the Spirit, everything that God has in store for me. Man, I want to experience that. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think therein lies that will, will we trust what, what, that God is, is who he says he is on face value. My kids ask me, can I have an Oreo at 8 o'clock at night? I answer them and that's the end of it. Right. 
if they argue with me, well, now I'm mad at them because they're arguing. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, I don't get mad at them for asking. Now, if they've asked me for it over and over, it's a little bit different thing. Right. Yeah. Does God get mad at us for asking for stupid questions, asking for stupid stuff? Because to me, there's things that I want that are not on my need list, and yeah. I know that they're not on the I need to pray for this list. Right. I feel like I'm wasting God's time by asking for them. Should we not ask for those things, or does that help you understand the dependence more and to understand it's, uh, you know, as long as you're... I think it's one of recognizing our dependence for everything, from the air to the food on the table. Yeah, I work for it, but at the same time, it's God who gave me the ability to work. It's God who gave me the ability to get that job and to keep that job. And so technically, everything I put in my mouth, the Lord is the one that provided it. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when we get into our needs and wants, I think that's where there's a, there's a fine line there of, of how we pray. Uh, you know, needs being, okay, I know I need to eat, and I know that I need, you know, and I know what what I desire. And I think it goes back to um, oftentimes, like if we're praying for our kids, okay, the, the Scripture tells us that uh, God desires all to come to repentance and none to perish. Mm-hmm. All right, so if that's the case, then I don't have a problem praying. Uh, I don't have a problem at all praying that uh, my children, Come to know the Lord when they were when they were young. Praying for your children to come to know the Lord because that's in accordance with His with His Word, and I think that gets back to ask anything in My name, and it'll be done unto you. Now, uh, you know, we begin to we begin to add to that, or we begin to add our own selfish uh, requests in there. Is God ever mad at us for asking? I don't think so. I mean, even even Paul, he said three times. God said no, and it wasn't that he was angry. Uh, so I don't think God ever gets mad that we ask, but he said, but I did get to a place where I didn't ask no more because God answered him with, my grace is sufficient for you, that even in your weakness, that's where I'll prove myself to be the strongest. And so he got to that place to where I don't have to ask for it anymore. And so I don't think it's a point of God getting mad. I think sometimes that, uh, if he, if he tells us no, and we still want to keep pressing on your, 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 your children at eight o'clock at night is a great illustration. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you say, look, Let's let's be wise about this. Eating Oreo, putting that sugar in your blood in your body right now at eight o'clock at night probably ain't the best thing you want to do. Then yeah, eventually I think even God's like, look, I said my <laughs> grace is sufficient, Paul. Walk, walk in that grace, yeah. and 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 that again goes back to hearing from the Lord. And once you hear from the Lord, knowing what you've heard, and then acting upon it. Yeah. We sit there and say, well, then God didn't give me my Oreo. Yeah. What kind of God is that? Yeah. That he doesn't give what us the stuff that we want. Yeah. Prayer doesn't really work. And, and then Peter is saying, you, you've got to get to a place, 315, sanctify Christ as Lord, uh, 4-1, arm yourselves for suffering. And it doesn't mean take up your arms and get ready to fight. No, what, it, what I got, what I was getting at is when, when Christ is your treasure, that you, you make up in your mind, I'm willing to suffer for him for his sake and for the good, not just, look, I, look, I can go ahead and tell you in my own life, I've done some suffering because of own stupid mistakes and stupid choices I made. Uh, that's not the same as, okay, well, God, that's your fault. No, that's been, that's my fault. I've noticed a lot of things about myself lately that have changed. And I know they weren't me because I didn't think they were wrong. Right. I thought there was absolutely nothing wrong with them. And I didn't even notice that I'd changed them until people started pointing it out to me and saying, well, you're being a lot different about that now. <laughs> You know, I guess you're right. And I didn't even know that that was yeah. something that needed to change, but I guess I did. Yeah. So, I love it's... That's great. I'll be the first to tell you this. Uh, when, it, when it came time to um, that I felt like God was calling me into the ministry, the scariest thing to me was, wait a minute, uh, we're going to have to go to China. We're going to have to go to mission foreign mission field. It, it was, okay, what's he going to call, call me to? And I think that's where faith comes in that says... Well, I don't get a choice in what is what I say he's going to call me to. When you surrender, you're saying, here's, the, here's, here's my life. Lord, you sign it and tell me where I go. Yeah, that's basically what you're doing. I mean, and that's, that, that in itself, that, that's horrifying if you stop and think about it. But at the same time, do you trust him? And I think the, when it comes to just the initial coming to Christ, I mean, Jesus put it this way. He said, look, you know, count the cost. But I think it's one of when you count the cost, know know who's on the other side of that. Mm-hmm. Is is all right, do who who is it that you say Christ is? 
Yeah. And if, if you really believe it, then you begin to realize, okay, the cost may be great, but he's greater. In the rest of the world, uh, there have been more, more people martyred for the faith the last 100 years than the previous years before that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there are people dying left and right for the faith in, in this world still today. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're just blessed that we live in a place where we've got some freedom uh, for now. And hopefully we will for, for a long time. But uh, we, we've got religious freedom to where when we talk about things like, would you be willing to die for your faith? It almost seems like that's yeah. almost so far-fetched. But for the, for the one Peter was writing to, and for those that are in the Afghanistan, Pakistan, Kazakhstan, no, it's just as real as it can be. You know? yeah. Your own sin can be a glare, uh, and, and even that putting, you know, projecting your self-image on God can be a glare mm-hmm. that keeps you. You can be looking directly at his will. I right. mean, directly at it. But you can't see it for anything because you've got it just lined up a little bit wrong, right? Because of your own your own views of things, and all. I think that's the kind of thing that I say we've all got that in common. Right. Now, my yeah, we all do. my version of God is a smart aleck, and he's <laughs> mean. Whatever. Some others are probably meek and shut. You know, they they think God's too quiet and doesn't say right. enough. Everybody's probably got their own little. That might be one of the common denominators we have is we all try to put our own imperfections into God's mind a little bit. Yeah. Or is that just me? That might just be me. No, because, no I, think, but, I think you really get down to it. I mean, I think when you begin to, I mean, even, even like uh, in the Old Testament, when you have uh, uh, Edomites and the Hittites and the, all, all the other ites and they have their gods, well, they've mm-hmm. made those gods up. We, yeah. we tend to, we're going to want to make a god. Uh, it's just the human in us that has a, a yearning for something that is beyond us. And when we don't have the truth of the revelation of the scriptures, yeah, then we begin to mold them into our our own. And scripture talks about, you know, we'll mold them out of idols and wood and everything mm-hmm. else. They don't have hands. They don't have hearts. They don't have brains. But we, we'll do that. And so, yeah, I think I think down deep there is a, I, I, I tend to put it this way, and I know people have said it that way, that uh, everybody on the earth has a has a hole in their heart, God-sized hole, and we're trying to fill it. I, I get that. I, I, I... So close, we're like on the razor edge of getting it right, but we get it backwards. We take the God, you know, God made us in his self-image, and we're so selfish that we think, <laughs> oh, cool, God looks like us. No, yeah. no, no, you no, look like God. It's totally right. different. It's, yeah. it's the same word, the but twist. they mean something totally different now. The human twist. Right, because you thinking <laughs> God's like you is what's keeping you from finding God. Right. You can't find God if you think he looks like you. It's, yeah. Or acts like you. Or acts like yeah. you. Or... Amazing. The, and it's, I think oftentimes we think it's going to be this great change. Like, you know, we, we tend to think the Apostle Paul went from, well, if you look, study the scriptures, there was three years in between there that he was developing and, and studying and everything else. And so it, it is not an overnight in a way. Some of it is. But then he's working on our character all the time. So that it's little changes and it's little things. And, and then after a while, after he works on the big stuff, then it begins to work on the smaller stuff that we didn't even know. Oh, I didn't think that was that big of an issue. Maybe it's a dent in your armor. That Okay, now he's beginning to work out those things. And, and, he, and how he does it can be numerous and, and various and sundry, so to speak. That it might be uh, in traffic you realize, oh, man, I, I'm, I have my patience. Where's my patience? Or... or you know, maybe dealing with your children that you're going to realize, oh, man, I, I need, to, need to handle this in a different way. Yeah. And that's the beauty of the sanctification process is it's not done overnight. It, it takes time. And the, Lord, the Lord's faithful and the Holy Spirit's good with us to work with us to, to change us and mold us like that. This, I, if you would have given me a list last July, okay, you've given your, your life back to God. This is, mm-hmm. These are the things he's going to make a list of the things you think he's going to change. I'd have made a list of the things that I think is going to change, and I'd have got some of them right. right. But there's been a few that I was like, I didn't know that mattered to him that much. Yeah. Okay, and I'm kind of surprised he hasn't brought this one up yet. I've been yeah. wondering when he's going to bring this up. He is. But I- <laughs> he will. He yeah, will. he Just is. Just hold tight. No. <laughs> and it, it is amazing, though, those little those little character characteristics that we have that, that aren't exactly Christ-like. I mean, and he, and I think I, what I what I have found in my own life is it's it's not like he browbeats us. He can, he might have to from time to time, mm-hmm. but oftentimes it's a gentle nudging to say, "Is that really what? Yeah, is that really how you gonna act? Yeah, is that really what you want to say here?" And it's those gentle nudgings 
that help us to move move and realize, man, that's, that is not who I want to be. And Lord, that's not, that's not Christ-like. And then it goes about, again, making it right. So yeah, I, I am thankful that... Um, that when he saves us, he's not done with us. Yeah, I think that's the the beauty of it is, yeah, he 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 loves you the way you are, but he refuses to let you stay that way. Yeah, and and that's that's the way it needs to be. Yeah, we talked about Philippians four, uh, four through let's um, see, actually six through eight is what I always quote. And I missed this, and I need to, you know, I, I'm sorry. I can't wait to preach it next time I preach this text. But verse five gives you the answer. Uh, to uh, 6, 7, and 8. If 6, 7, and 8 is uh, uh, be anxious in nothing, but instead uh, make your request through prayer, supplications, and thanksgiving, make your request known to God, and the peace of God will guard your mind and heart in Christ Jesus. Verse 5 is the answer. The Lord is near. So, So if I believe the Lord is near, then, yeah, I can trust that. I don't have to be anxious in nothing. I can trust that. And again, what is my concept of the Lord? That's kind of what we're talking about here. If I see him as someone who cares and someone who's loving and someone who offers peace instead of worry, someone who offers um, uh, hope instead of despair, or am I going to see him as uh ogre that's just wanting to ruin my life? Yeah. And if I know the Lord is near, then what, what am I going to fear? Why do I need to be anxious in anything? I've heard it said, well, money is the root of all evil. Well, that's not what the Scripture says. The Scripture says it's the love of money. Mm-hmm. Because God has blessed many Christians with money, and that's a good thing. It's, it's how you use it. Money in and of itself is not evil or bad or good. It's money. Mm-hmm. But now what it can be used for or how much we covet it or what we will do to get it, that might get us into trouble but mm-hmm. money itself if god's blessed us with it man he expects us to use it to whom much is given much is expected mm-hmm. no it's the love of money that is the root of all evil and again when when you have that love or i gotta have it gotta do whatever that that's where we can get in trouble so yeah. that's one we talked about I, I think there was one of god helps those who helps themselves <laughs> not scriptural because that's the, almost the opposite of the gospel because the gospel is, I can't help myself. The gospel is, I can't do anything to save myself. And so I need Christ to, to do everything, uh, to, to save me, to, to die for me, to, to, to help me to live. I mean, it is one of those of that dependence we talked about either last week or two weeks ago, surrender and dependence. Uh, and so, yeah, God helps those who help themselves. Not in the Bible. Yeah. And if you make abundant, that's great. But it's where that, that love and that greed, because greed is one of those things that, um, one of those seven deadly sins that can really uh, take root in your heart. And man, you, 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 you will do some things to people or say some things or lie, cheat, and steal. That it all starts with that one. And then uh, I think one that I always hear is, uh, God never gives you more than you can handle. Mm-hmm. Uh, not in the Scripture. But there is a place that I would give that some credibility in 1 Corinthians 10 where it talks about uh, being tempted. It says that God will not, uh, you'll basically not be tempted more than you can handle. Mm-hmm. But never does it say, oh, the circumstances in life are going to be, you, God's never going to give you more than, than, than you can handle. Because here's the thing. If I, if I can handle everything that comes, my life, uh, comes into my life, what do I need him for? So, so um, I can do all things through Christ, Philippians 4.13. That's the way we're going to change the name of the show. That. I can do all things through Christ. Okay, yeah, so I can handle anything that comes my way, but it's through Christ. Yeah. And so I think therein lies what, what it needs to be. But uh, 1 Corinthians 10, um, and I want to find the passage, uh, verse 13 says, No temptation has overtaken you, but such is common to man. And God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. So in temptation, that's exactly right. And so oftentimes when people say that, I'll say, yeah, in temptation, right? And uh, they always look at me kind of funny. I'm saying, well, I'm just quoting what 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says. And, And so, yeah, is that one that could be... It's one of if you're gonna say it and you mean it, what what you what you say what you mean mean what you say. Uh, yeah, I, I, God will never bring into my anything into my life that I can't handle. I, that's that's false because I can't handle much. Mm-hmm. That's just me. But I know with Him, okay. Now that's a different story. Yeah. And so yeah, if you if you change the saying, I might be up with it. But even then, but not scriptural. Yeah. 
There's, yeah, this may sound good, just not scripture. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah, and, and to some degree, hey, I love the fact that we'll never be tempted beyond yeah. uh, what we're able. And I love that. I mean, that's that's a promise, and that's uh, and and that's a that's a that's a reminder that when we find ourselves in temptation, hey, you don't have to yield. Yeah. Um, you, you're dead to that, technically, and you don't have to yield to it. Yeah. A lawyer goes to Jesus, asks him which one's the greatest commandment, okay. and he says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the greatest and foremost commandment. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Okay. And then he says, on these two commandments depend the whole law and the prophets. Now, I do think that those two go hand in hand. I don't think you can do one without the other. Right. And you can't do one without the other. You can't love God and not love your neighbor. And I don't know if you can love your neighbor without God. That's I mean, it. Not in, well, well, you, you, you mentioned a couple of weeks ago, we love because God first loved us. And uh, because we have the love of God in us is how we can now love selflessly and sacrificially and, and love even like Christ did. And I think that's what the Bible's getting at is. It's not just a just a love of okay, I like you, mm-hmm. and it's not just a, okay, I'm gonna help people. Mm-hmm. No, it's it's treat others as you would have them treat you. In other words, you want to be treated right, mm-hmm. then then you need to go the extra mile for someone. If you if you love somebody, do that for you. And I think you're right. I mean, I think it's funny or interesting that notice he says it says the law and the prophets hinge on this. In other words, those two commandments. But in Matthew seven, he basically said the same thing of in everything treat people the same way you want them to be treated for this is the law and the prophets mm-hmm. all right now i i i think the sequencing is we got to get it right and so maybe matthew 22 helps us to understand matthew 5 6 and 7 or or to carry it out anyway only by his grace that we even managed to make it through a day without cussing that person out or doing this or doing that right <laughs> that's right that's oh. right and even at the end uh the Bible talks about crowns. Uh, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, not just for me, but for all those who've loved his appearing. And there's a there's several different crowns that are mentioned in the Bible. And at the end of time, we're going to lay them at Jesus' feet because it was, it was by him, one, that we were entered into the family and the kingdom, and number two, by his spirit that we're able to even function or or use those gifts that he's given us. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, As we talked about Sunday, those spiritual gifts that we've been given, Man, uh, that that again, they come from him. Mm-hmm. So it's not like a, it's not a natural ability. It's it's straight from him. Having faith is so hard to quantify, to right. make objective. You can't prove that. You, but you do know it when you see it. Right. You see faith when you see it. Yeah. And, and without it, yeah. you're not going to please God. Hebrews right. eleven six. So it's got. I mean, let, let's. I mean, that verse alone makes me realize Hebrews eleven six. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. All right, so if I'm going to live a life that's pleasing to God, the other 167, I better have a life of faith. And, you know, we've, we, I've used the word a few times on your proof because right. I know that's one people like to talk. You know, that's one of the rubs of religion and science is proof of this, proof of that. But you can't have faith with total proof. I mean, mm-hmm. like if, and if he lays everything out for you and gives you a roadmap of this is how, you're gonna, how everything's going to go and it's all going to go perfect, yeah. then he's faith? robbing you of the opportunity yeah. to that please faith? him. Yeah. Right? That's right. That's so right. So in some way, I actually can't just take that by the extension of that and say every time he makes, you, every time he doesn't give you all the answers you want, he's giving you an opportunity to, to prove faith, which is what he. That's what he's looking for. That's what he's looking for. He's giving you a chance to do it. And I think it goes back to that. Uh, I, I, you know, I was listening last night. And I went through and listened to the last couple of shows. I just was okay. What, what's Lord? What, what are Where you are we saying? going with this? No, no, it, ain't that. it is kind of. And I was sitting there thinking to myself. Okay, Lord, I'm, I'm hearing what you're saying now. I have not listened to show after show after show. And, and I believe what, what we've been hitting at over the last couple of weeks is a five-letter word. And that five-letter word really comes down to when you talk about surrender, dependence, when you talk about faith, when you talk about all that we've been talking about, is trust. Mm-hmm. Do you trust him? Mm-hmm. Can you trust him? Are you willing to trust him? Because that's what faith is. I've talked a lot about the, you know, the way I see God. I kind of see right. him as the, and there's, and you've talked about it too. You saw, you saw him as a dictator. Mm-hmm. I see him as a smart aleck older brother. It's really important that we nail down who God really is so we can trust him. I don't trust the older brother figure. Right. I don't trust the dictator figure. You've got to nail down that loving father who loves you more than you could imagine loving all your kids and all your loved ones put together. Which goes to trust. Right, which now you, you can trust. You get a correct view. And, I trust okay, my mama. Trustworthy. Now, I don't always agree with my mama. I trust my mama. She always has my best interest at heart. Right. 
that it's a loving dad that is there for you, a loving dad that has provided. Even in when the bottom fell out, he was there. Uh, maybe he let you go out on your own a little bit and find out, okay, maybe I need him a whole lot more than I thought I did. But he's always been there, and he's always been something that the more that I've walked and the more that I've lived, okay, now I know I can trust him. And, yeah, I hate to say it, those times that hurt the most when I look back on them, that's where I found out, no, he's more faithful then. Mm-hmm. Not that he's less faithful. It's just that, no, you notice it then. Mm-hmm. When you ain't got two legs to walk on, when you don't know how you're going to put that one foot in front of the other, and he's there, and he provides the grace and the strength, okay, that's when you know, nah, he's, he's, he's got my back. Even the trials, tribulations, and suffering that we might have in our lives, uh, if he if he says he's going to work all things together for good, man, that, that takes a lot of trust because, hey, uh, this some of these sufferings I look back on, and man, that, that hurt like the dickens. But even now that I look back 10, 15, 20 years later, I can look back and say, and God, you did work that out for good. It, 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 it hurt at the time. It stunk. But at the same time, now I look back as, no, you use that to, to further your kingdom in a way, and really it's been amazing. So, yeah, those, that's, again, th- those things like that, I can look back and say, now if he got me through that, I can trust him. God was probably working in your life five, six, seven years ago if you've been paying attention, you just couldn't see it. You know? And at that time, I was thinking, no, nah, five, six, seven years ago, I was so far off the reservation, I don't think he could do much. But now I look back at it, there's a whole bunch of things that he was working on and that's hard for me to make sense of in my mind because most of those things that he's done have been out of things that I've done wrong, you know. But I think you're more sensitive to the Holy Spirit uh, because, hey, man, you you are. I mean, I'm 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 watching you and I'm I'm listening to you. I'm going from week one all the way to to where we are now, and and I even hear it in in some of your questions and some of the things you got that okay, he is he is seriously growing in the Lord, and so I think it's also one of those of recognizing that okay, yeah, seven years. Ago, I didn't think he was working, but now that I'm you know, maturing, growing, uh, knowing what it means to walk with the Lord, knowing what it means to trust the Lord, yeah, now I can see, God, you you were you were way ahead of me, mm-hmm. and I think that's to me reassuring to me to, that I can trust Him. Is hey, He's done well in the past; He holds the future, so I can trust today. Paul says, "Pray without ceasing." All right, so that doesn't mean that I've, you know, right, I'm driving down the road or I got to stop. I can drive down the road and be in constant communication with the Lord. I think it's one of, again, it kind of goes back to being in tune with the Lord 24-7. And I think it's, uh, you know, having those in preschool, uh, when we teach preschool, we talk about, hey, have your listening ears on. Mm-hmm. That means you're really concentrating, trying to listen. What I always try to encourage Christians to do is to have those listening ears, listening for the Lord. Nobody is a 24-7 machine. And in those 90 to nothing moments, that's, that's when I spend the time of saying, okay, Lord, I, I feel like right now I'm, I'm, I'm stressed, I'm this, I'm this, this, and this, and Lord, I know this is not what your word says. And I think that's where, again, having a, a healthy repertoire of the scriptures is always going to, be, is going to be good for you to be able to draw upon. Scriptures in Ephesians 6, the scriptures is described as the sword of the Spirit. All right, so the Holy Spirit is in your life. We're indwelt by the Holy Spirit. We're empowered by the Holy Spirit. And we're about to go into a spiritual battle. We're about to, we're really wrestling with doubt. We may be confused. And the Holy Spirit goes in your arsenal of verses you have memorized. And all you got is John 3.16. Great verse, (laughs) but that's not a great sword to fight. You need a passage that, that says, you know, what, whatever you're needing at that moment. So that's where having that scripture in your mind, and again, being in constant communication, allowing the Holy Spirit to say, hey, reminding you of, hey, you will, he, he keeps those, those whose mind is set on him, he keeps in perfect peace. Isaiah 26, 3. Okay, so that's Isaiah. I can, that's a weapon I can grab. That's a sword I can grab. Dude. If I'm all anxious or I'm all bent out of shape, no. He keeps those whose mind is set on him in perfect peace. You know, I know God is consistent. He's going to be always good. He's always faithful. So he is consistent in those. Well, we need to be the same thing. Mm-hmm. That when people see us, whether we're uh, in a good day or a bad day, we still need to be consistent in our walk with the Lord.
One of the things that I've been probably trying to poke out of you a little bit on this show is like, give me instructions. I need yeah. like, you know, this, these verses in this order, prayed right. at this time and do this and do this. Hey, I want to start a show about how religion's not all this organized stuff. Now, let's start a show and you tell me how to organize this how stuff. Organize. <laughs> yeah, so it's I not that, that I had a problem with religion. I just didn't like the way everybody else was doing it. I wanted you to organize it my way. It all goes back to that relationship. And how you do a relationship is you don't want to box that into, okay, I got to do X, I got to do Y, I got to do Z. I mean, think about it. If that's, if that's your marriage, if that's your dating relationship, you know, oh, I got to. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you sent me flowers today. Thank you, honey. Well, it's my duty. <laughs> Give yeah. me a break. No, I, I, and, and how we go about doing that relationship oftentimes is, okay, some, so it's reading, it's reading his word, it's spending time, it's, it's watching for him. I mean, it's, it's so many different things that involve this thing that makes it into a real and personal uh, experiencing of, of Christ himself. And, and again, I'm not underestimating. In fact, I would say the more that you're reading, the better. Because mm-hmm. like I said, go back to the illustration of your arsenal. You need more than one verse. You need you need a whole conglomerate. And so it's one of, yeah, there's not a X, Y, and Z. It's a whole bunch of stuff, but it's one relationship. Now, I'm not a morning person. Right. And this was from like my first 45 seconds. So I was particularly <laughs> hateful and a little bit foggy on what exactly <laughs> happened. I love to... See, Hear how it sounds when I say things to my kids that I immediately can hear God saying to me Mm -hmm. pretty much all the time. Mm -hmm. Gabe aggravates Reese. Right. Reese overreacts and flips out on me. And I'm like, that is the dumbest reason in the world to fight. And why are you wasting my time with that? Right. And as soon as I said the words, I thought, I bet God thinks that all the time. The Lord sometimes looks at us and says, really? Mm -hmm. That's what what you're working up on. Yeah. Uh, you know, let, let's let's really focus on what's important, and I think that's uh, a good word for everybody. Is yeah. Don't don't be so caught up on the on everyday things that you miss the important stuff. Yeah, I think what I've I've come to you a lot, basically saying I don't believe in legalism. So what are the few what are the rules we have to get right? Okay, like <laughs> yeah. we're gonna. I don't want to be a legalist, but, but I want my rules. I don't want. I, I'm not gonna follow all of them. What are the ones I have to follow? <laughs> How does it work itself out in a day-in, day-out, practical, real way of knowing God? Yeah, there's a lot of areas that may not have a definite answer. Yeah. If he does call you, calls you to do something, I don't think he's ever going to ask you or ask you to or command you to sin. That's, that's the thing. Now, we're tempted and we're tried and tested, but, but no, we're, it is our own temptation, our own lust that take us away that way. I, I, case in point, I was young, young Christian one time, and I remember, and I, I remember it just like yesterday, and it was the oddest thing. I was in my, I was in my quiet time. I was just learning, and I felt like, okay, Lord, uh, whatever you want me to do, I'll do. And for some reason, I felt like the Lord was telling me there was a, a on my way to work every day. There was a a bypass. Nobody's there, and he just. I felt like okay. He wanted me to just go and pull over and sit there. Mm-hmm. I sat there for 15 minutes wondering, okay, Lord, I'm just going to sit here because I felt like that's what you would lead me to. I don't know what he was doing. And nobody came by. I mean, it was just quiet. So I said, all right, Lord, I'm just going to enjoy this quiet time. I don't know why the Lord, and even to this day, I'm kind of like, well, did I misunderstand it? Was there a, I don't know what, I mean, hey, it could be I'll get to heaven. The Lord said, well, I had you sit there because there was a wreck. 25 mm-hmm. minutes up the road that when you went to work, uh, you know, say, I don't know. Yeah. I know. And so to this day, yeah, I think there are times when the Lord may, but it's never going to be something to sin. It wouldn't, it would not right. be to go to that bypass and, uh, you know, knock somebody in the head or something. Yeah. Yeah. This is a Garrett Lill original thought. Okay. Fresh off the press. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. Closer you get, the wider that gray area is, and maybe that's the more latitude he gives you for your own interpretation, if right. that's it, maybe. But but there is a point in time there where it's like, the closer you get to God, you can see several godly outcomes of, of a choice. Right. And and which one do I choose? But that's what you said, choose the one that's the most godly. Well, that might be a tougher decision yeah. oh, than yes. right and wrong. Oh, I agree. It can be a really tough decision. And, uh, and I think that's, you know, again, as you get closer to the Lord, I think those decisions sometimes, believe it or not, get a little easier. Uh, mm-hmm. Because you are, you know, more in tuned with with hearing it. Uh, think about the illustration I've used before. Uh, I've been married for thirty plus years, 
I know my wife's name. I know what she likes. I already know. If the kids come and ask a question a stupid way, I'm over there like, mm, I wouldn't have asked that that way. Because well, I've been married to her. I know how she thinks. I know what she's like. And so I think it's uh, the same way with our walk with the Lord. The more that you're maturing, the more that you know the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ is what, what, what the book says. So if we have the mind of Christ, then we begin to think like Christ, that it's not as hard. And, yeah, we'll be able to decide and decipher what's the right thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's one of big picture, small picture. Mm-hmm. And here it is, big picture. Love God, love people. How that works out in the everyday 24-7, that, that's going to take shape in many different ways. But then he gives us some, hey, and here's some guidance, you know, of, of whether it's responding kindly, don't lie, one of the Ten Commandments. Don't murder, that's, that's helpful. Mm-hmm. Don't commit adultery, that's one of the Ten Commandments. And so these, these look, then he gets into, okay, and here's some guidelines. Don't do these things, and that'll help you to love your neighbor. And I think it all goes back to that first one. Mm-hmm. When you love God with all your heart, mind, body, and soul, it kind of dictates the rest. And when you are in a personal relationship with the Lord, loving the Lord with everything you got, yeah, those those rules that we're trying to figure out in this in the podcast, and we're we're saying, okay, gotta do X, gotta do Y, gotta do this, gotta do that. I think it becomes almost self explanatory, and it becomes one of them walking by the Spirit, whereby He's guiding us and leading us. And that's why I guess where you know we want answers, we want it this, this, and this, uh, and I'm trying to say, well. Here's the answer. It's Christ.